<laughs> Here's a story I'm going to tell you about a roast chicken I had the other day while reading a book. Can I bring a roast chicken into the movie theater? Uh, no, I can't. I've tried before, and it doesn't work. So, ba-bang. From the brains behind Brains On, it's Smash Boom Best. The show for people with big opinions. Hello, I'm Molly Bloom, and this is Smash Boom Best, the show where we take two things, smash them together, and ask you to decide which one is best. Today, bibliophiles go head-to-head with film buffs everywhere. It's books versus movies. Honestly, I think books are more fun because they give you, like, way more information. I think movies are better because, let's say there's a scene in a book and, like, you really don't understand it, and with the movie, you can actually visually see it. Sometimes I do get lazy with books, or if I get angry at the book, I just stop reading it. (laughs) You could just, like, be in your room, like, all day and just read a book and kind of get, like, lost. When you see a movie remake of a book, they often get some things wrong. Let's face it, the original Ghostbusters wouldn't be as cool if it was a book. Books have more details than movies, and you get more of an origin story in the books. I would choose movies over books any day. We have a smashing bout lined up, and if I know anything, it's going to be a very close call. So, who will triumph? The printed word or the silver screen? We asked Devin Selman from St. Paul to help us decide. Welcome to the show, Devin. Hello. Thank you for having me. I do not envy you because this is going to be a very tough call. I love books and movies, and I really can't imagine giving up either one. So, Devin, do you consider yourself more of a book person or a movie person? Depends on the topic. Mm. Well, let's get our debaters in here to see if they can help you make up your mind. Here to argue on behalf of moviegoers everywhere is Nancy Yang. Hello! And here to convince us to cozy up with a good book is Katie McVeigh. Hi, hi, hi! So, Katie, in just a single sentence, why are books the superior medium? It's hard to put in a single sentence because books are so vast, but I'll try. Books are important pieces of literature, fiction, and facts that we carry from generation to generation, imbuing the future with our past dreams and hopes and are so important. And when an Alexandria library burned down, everyone cried in the Roman Empire. Think about that. Okay, thank you. (laughs) That was a very grand (laughs) sentence. Okay, Nancy, why do movies deserve the coveted title of Smash Boom Best? Uh, I'm just going to say that movies are much better than books because they're a great uh, escapism and they put you directly into the action. I mean, you can really feel what's happening and you feel like you're just in that moment and you're like, oh my God, oh my God, what's going to happen? Oh my God, are they going to do it? Oh my God, they did, they did, they did, they did, I'm so happy. <laughs> or you're really, really sad depending on what happened. I mean, it just, you know, you're, it's a roller coaster of emotion. You're just there. You're there in the moment. Oh, I am feeling Or you can sit at the forefront of history with a book. I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) Oh, my. This is going to be a good debate. I can already tell. Okay. Well, before we get this debate battle started, let's review the rounds. Round one is Declaration of Greatness, when both teams have a chance to take us on a deep dive into the science, history, and lore of their side. Next up is the micro round. It's a different creative challenge every episode. The third round is Sneak Attack, when the debaters compete in a surprise challenge. And our last round is the final six, when both teams have to make their case in just six words. 
Devin will mull over each round and award a point. And you can judge from home, too. Just grab something to write on. And after the show, you can head to smashboom.org to cast your vote. Okay, Devin, are you ready to do this? Yes, I am. Excellent. It is time for the first round of this Smash Boom battle. Declaration of Greatness. Both teams have come prepared to persuade using science, history, and raw emotion. It's time for the Declarations of Greatness. We flipped a coin, and Nancy is up first. Look, I'm a worldly person. I consume movies and books, and they've got a lot in common. They both tell stories, make you feel things, and show you amazing worlds. But when it comes to putting you in the actions, movies have books beat. Take the story of the black-and-white silent film Arrival of a Train at La Ciotat Station. It's the late 1890s and movies are brand new. Crowds gather to see what the hype is all about. The screen shows a steam engine pulling into a station. Then it heads straight for the camera. Watch out! Let me out of here! It's headed straight at us! Run! Legend has it people ducked or ran out of the room. Some historians say this is just an urban myth, that no one actually fled the theater. But there's a lot of evidence that movies do hack our brains and make us respond physically. Scientists studying this point out, we might flinch when we see a punch on screen or even jump up when a monster attacks. Have you ever seen someone leap up from their seats while reading a book? Me neither. Researchers from Princeton University monitor the brains of people watching a movie. They found that for much of the time, viewers' brains were synced up, reacting to the screen in the same way at the same time. Which brings me to another point. Movies are a shared experience. In a theater, you're laughing or crying with dozens of others. Even when you're watching at home with your family, you're all setting off on the same adventure together. There's even research suggesting emotional movies can help people form stronger bonds. And it doesn't end there. Once the movie is over, everyone wants to talk about it, rate it, review it, and dissect it. It's easy to strike up conversations with total strangers by asking, hey, did you see that new Avengers movie? Oh yeah, it was awesome. I love the part when Iron Man was fighting the aliens and then Spider-Man comes swinging out of nowhere. If you want to talk about books, you have to join a book club, pick a book, then read the book, then find time to meet, make some scones, bring the scones, serve some tea, and then you can talk about the book. That is way too much work. Movies are also excellent time capsules. If I'm watching a movie from the 1970s, I can see the fashion, the haircuts, what cars look like, furniture, food packaging, billboards, street signs, windows, displays, all in one scene. You really get a feel for the time and place. A book couldn't do all that without being very long and very boring. Which brings me to this point. Seeing a story unfold before your very eyes makes it a lot easier to consume and easier to understand, especially if it's complex or involves a lot of characters. In a book, it can take several paragraphs to establish who the villain is. But in a movie, you can often just tell by subtle cues like what someone is wearing or how they enter a room or even the music that accompanies them. And good movies aren't just popular culture. They change our culture, too. Take the 2004 documentary, Super Size Me. Hello, may I help you? Yeah, could I get the uh, double quarter pounder with cheese meal? Large or super I think I'm going to have to go super sized. Director Morgan Spurlock ate nothing but McDonald's for a month. By the end, he'd gained over 20 pounds and had serious liver damage. The film spurred more Americans to start thinking about obesity, and McDonald's dropped their supersized menu option soon after. 
In conclusion, movies change the world. They make us laugh, they make us scream, they make us cry, and they bring us together. Movies beat books every single time. Excellent work, Nancy. Now, Devin, what was the most memorable argument that Nancy made there? Well, I made a couple notes. Um, One, you mentioned the crowds, which was good, and you did very good description on what movies bring. And then I liked how you put in the scientists about the physical um, reaction and the shared experience. And then the most fun part for me was when um, she was a little bogus to uh, books and the scones and how hard it was. And yeah, it is bogus. Thank you so much, Devin. <laughs> All right. Because you could talk about a book anywhere. Just trust me. Okay. Not if you don't, if you've never read it. I mean, have you ever gone up to someone and say, hey, I mean, you know, you have gone up to Absolutely. people and said, have you read this book? And someone's like, uh, no. And then you try to explain it and they're like, I don't understand what you're talking about. But seriously, Avengers, everyone's seen it. I consider the world my book club, and (laughs) if you're uh, socially inept enough, you can describe a book to any person (laughs) at the grocery store. Okay, Katie. Well, you are going to have an official rebuttal. You have a chance to respond. You have 30 seconds. So, Katie, are you ready? I mean, I feel like I have rebutted already, but I'm ready to rebut some more. We're going to re-rebut. Okay. Your time starts now. All right. There were many offensive arguments that Nancy made, but one of the most offensive was that a book cannot move you to passion, move you to leap from your seat, when in fact books have been doing that throughout history themselves. Uh, I, in fact, leapt from my seat earlier this week when reading a high-seas adventure uh, fantasy novel where I was very worried that the hero would not escape the sticky situation he had got himself in. And my boyfriend said, why are you running around the living room? And I said, haven't you ever been carried away by the written word? Okay. (laughs) Excellent. Very good rebuttal, Katie. All right. Thank we you so much. have heard Team Film's declaration, Katie, and now it is your turn. Katie, let's hear what you've got. Let me take you on a journey. Okay. <laughs> the older I get, the less I remember the particular details of my childhood. I remember big stuff, like the fight I got into with my best friend in third grade over a rather heated game of Clue. Or the time I won a pie-eating contest, my friends say I get a little competitive whenever pie is involved. But the details fade away. What remains, above all, are the books that I read. Fourth grade, I finally worked up the courage to read a scary book, The Ghost in the Big Brass Bed. Still scares me to think about it. Fifth grade was the year of the Phantom Tollbooth, which tapped into my summer boredom and my love for wordplay. In sixth grade, I went to a new school and finally got to check out books that my old school's librarian discouraged me from reading, like Pride and Prejudice. And talk about pride. I majored in English just despite my elementary school librarian, Mrs. Pittman. More often than not, I define the periods of my life by what I was reading at the time. Me, I'm into fiction, but there are all kinds of books. There's picture books, nonfiction books, novellas, they're short books, chapbooks or small books of poetry. And let's set the record straight once and for all. Comic book movies, they were comic books first. You're welcome, Avengers. But books aren't just entertaining, they're good for your brain. 
because reading activates entirely different parts of your brain than processing images or speech alone. You have to use your imagination to fill in the blanks. Are you reading about a castle? The part of your brain in charge of reading the word castle connects with other parts of your brain. Castle. Okay, connect to drawbridge, to turret, to moat, to knights. To imagine that castle for you. Ta-da! Here's an imaginary castle. It's different than, say, watching a movie where your brain just processes the image of the castle. No imagination required and no brain exercised. And all these extra connections that your brain makes when you're reading, they last long after you put your book down. Researchers at Emory University did a study where subjects read a historical thriller at night and had a brain scan in the morning. They discovered that the day after reading, people experienced heightened connectivity, not just in the parts of the brain that deal with language, but the ones that process physical sensations, too. Basically, when people read about the hero of a book running around, their brains were also running around. Books exercise your dang brain. And listen... Books aren't just available to people who can shout out $12 for a movie ticket or a Netflix subscription. You ever hear of a library? (laughs) They're the best. But it wasn't always this way. For a long time, books were made by either writing longhand or using woodblock printing. Basically, you had to carve all the words you wanted to print onto a big block of wood and then use it as a giant stamp. So each page was (laughs) a big undertaking. Oh, there we go. Just 436 pages more to go. And only rich people could afford books. Then, in 1439, a guy named Johannes Gutenberg came along. Aha! What if we used individual letter stamps? Then we could rearrange them instead of starting from scratch for every page. Enter the printing press. Over the next few centuries, books got cheaper and therefore way more popular. And today, books can be written and published by pretty much anyone. Not everyone can make a movie. Actors, sets, cameras, they all cost serious money. A pen and paper are much easier to get a hold of. That's why Dorothy Strait was able to publish How the World Began when she was four years old. And Bertha Wood published her first book at 100. No matter how old or young you are, you can write a book and share your story. Still not convinced books are superior? Imagine this. You're at home when suddenly the power goes out in your house. Or, say, you're in a canoe in the middle of nowhere. No TVs, no cell phone reception even. Guess what can still entertain you? That's right, a book. Books don't have batteries. Books don't need Wi-Fi. You just need some sun or a flashlight. Books are there for you no matter what. In closing, let me leave you with this quote by writer and fellow book nerd, William Lyon Phelps. Books are of the people, by the people, for the people. Literature is the immortal part of history. It is the best and most enduring part of personality. As we say in books, the end. Nicely done, Katie Devon. What stands out to you from Katie's argument? The reading of, like, when it reads, it triggers a different part of your mind. Um, Helped her argument, I think, a lot. But a part that did hurt it a little bit, at least for me, was saying the history of the book. Um, Why did that hurt it for you? Because when she said it was, one, mostly affordable only to the um, upper class, 
it kind of was like, well, now movies are expensive, so it's kind of putting them on the same playing field when the argument is to be above it. Mm-hmm. But she tied it in. She brought it all back together? Yeah. Excellent. Well, Nancy, I'm sure you have some thoughts to share. You get a chance to make a rebuttal now. I'm going to start your 30-second timer right now. Those are all very interesting arguments, but again, I just go back to the whole social aspect of it. It all just seems very solitary. You know, you're reading a book. I've I've never in my entire life ever said to, like, Devin, let's go into this, you know, the library and read a book together. I mean, sure, you can read a book to someone, but, you know, in... I think, you know, when you're trying to get that that experience, you know, you want to be able to see it and talk it through and just react together. You don't really get that. And it just seems very solitary when you're sitting there reading a book by yourself. Also, I kind of take issue with this whole idea. Time. Oh, that's a cliffhanger. What does she take issue with? (laughs) I don't know. We'll never know. (laughs) Well, I think we have heard strong arguments from both sides. And now it's time to award the first point. Take a minute to think it through, Devin. Whose arguments were the most convincing? Which side sounds superior as of right now? Don't say it out loud. Just mark down a point for whichever side you think took that round. And listeners, you too. You can always press pause if you need some more time to deliberate. Okay, Devin, did you decide? I have. Okay. It sounded like it was tough. Was it a tough decision? Yes and no. Mm, very interesting. Devin, you're keeping me on, uh, hanging on a clip with this. <laughs> Nancy and Katie, you guys feeling secure in your side superiority still? Of course, always. I mean, what is enduring? <laughs> the book. Thank you. Well, excellent. If any of our listeners have a genius idea for a debate battle, please send it our way. Head over to our website, smashboom.org, and click Submit Idea. You can also cast your vote for all of the matchups we've done so far. And if you like the show, help us spread the word. Like the next time you're doing some low-key weekend mountaineering. Ah, nothing like watching the sun rise from the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. Maybe jot down some podcast recommendations in the logbook. Dear fellow explorers, you can find Smash Boom Best on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. It is awesome. Because you're all going to need some entertainment on your three-day hike back to civilization. Ah, solitude. Nothing but me and my podcast feed. Well, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with three more rounds of Page versus Screen. Smash. Boom. Best. And we're back. You're listening to Smash Boom Best, the show about showdowns. I have to tell you, the hardest thing about making this show is choosing which matchups to do. There are so many possibilities, and our listeners have the best ideas. Like Jason from Brisbane, Australia. My debate idea is men made first nature. We'll call up Jason at the end of the show and find out who he thinks would win in a showdown between man-made and nature's creations. But first, it's on to the next round of today's debate. Micro round. It's the micro round. We told team movies and team books about this challenge in advance, so they've had plenty of time to prepare. Today's challenge is halftime speech. We'll play some sappy music, and each debater has 20 seconds to give their imaginary team a rousing pep talk. Nancy went first in the last round, so Katie, it's your turn. Let's hear your halftime speech. 
All right, team, gather around. People are always trying to talk a mess about how books are going to die, but we know that's hogwash, don't we, team? Who was there in Japan in 1010 when Murasaki wanted to get a story out about noble men and women? Was it a movie crew? No, sirree, it was the written word. And when Tommy from down the street wanted to make his mom a present to remember their summer vacation by, did he make a movie? No, he's six. He can't afford a state-of-the-art camera. He made a book using simple crayons and paper books. We knew first that Superman can fly. We were around for all the great stuff. We weren't waiting for camera technology to be invented. We were making inroads in the 1400s. We were reshaping people's minds. Who's improving memory? Books. Who's inspiring imagination? Books. Who is it that helps adults and children alike develop empathy? Books, books, books. B-O-O-K-S. What does that stand for? Books. And where'd you learn to read that word? Probably in a book. Heck, team, the minute we finish writing a book about this speech, they'll probably make a movie out of it. That's just how this whole thing works. Books first, best, every time. Get out there. Wow, I think team books might just hit it out of the park after that literary pep talk. But now it's team movies' turn to take it home. Nancy, have at it. Team, this is it. You can do it. We can do it. Sure, books have got their bestseller lists and their clubs and their fancy titles, but we're movies. We can do anything. We can take people to a whole new world, to a place where people know they're not in Kansas anymore. Movies make people believe that a man or a woman can fly to infinity and beyond. Movies make people believe that a stranded alien can phone home or that dinosaurs can walk among us. They make people want to step up and dance and sing from the mountaintop that the hills are alive with the sound of music. That's because we're winners. We're movies. We are the best. And we come with a side of popcorn. Now let's get out there and show everyone our magic. If movies could score touchdowns, I'm pretty sure they'd be doing it after that speech. Devin, you ready to score a touchdown for team movies? I'm not at liberty to, <laughs> <laughs> to <laughs> divulge. <laughs> um, I think they were both good. Wow. You were both. You were roused by both. Tough judge, I can't. They were I both very. Anything. They were both very inspiring. All right, Katie, Nancy, how do you feel your team is doing in this Super Bowl of media? Give me the halftime breakdown. I'm feeling good. Feeling good about our chances. Uh, nothing's better than books, so it's a slam dunk for me. All right, Devin, it's time to give out a point for that micro round. Whose speech would inspire you to go for gold? Mark it down once you have decided. Oh, he's ready. Yes, I am ready. He gave me a thumbs up, you know. <laughs> All right, next up, it's... <laughs> Sneak attack. We've kept our contestants in the dark because this round is designed to catch them off guard. Today's challenge is... Rhyme time. Now is the time to bring out your rhymes. You have 30 seconds to come up with as many rhymes for your thing as you can. We'll play our signature hold music while both of our debaters work. Books and movies, books and movies, books and movies, books and movies, books. They give you pictures in your head. Movies and books, movies and books. Time. Put down your pens, ladies. Okay. All right, we're going to have you rattle them off for us. Katie, let's hear your rhymes. Okay. 
book nook shook shook. Oh, I wrote down shook twice. <laughs> uh, book nook shook cook crook look. Uh, that's all I got. Okay, so how many words was that you got? One, two, three, four, five. Five. Five words. Okay. Team movies. Nancy, let's hear your words. I would just like to acknowledge that I had a much harder word, and I had two, but I think I have two amazing words. Let's hear your Um, two amazing words. Patootie, because that's a term of endearment, (laughs) because I say cutie patootie. It's a term of endearment. So obviously, movies, patooties. And then groovy, because movies are super, super groovy. Technically, you had two in the first one, because you said cutie patootie. Oh. That's three. true. I got three. Thank you so much for pointing <laughs> us out. Okay. So, Devin, we want you to award a point for this round, and it's not necessarily who got the most words. It's whoever had the most also combined with style and creativity. So this is totally, totally subjective. You can award a point to whoever you like. Have you awarded your point? Yes, I have. Well, our debaters have given us a lot to consider in this debate, but in case you're still on the fence... They have one last chance to win us over. The final six. It's the shortest and oftentimes the snarkiest of rounds. The final six. Okay. Team Books is up first. Katie, what six words do you want to leave us with? Okay. I would like to read this in the style of someone trying to sell you fancy jewelry. So get ready for it. Okay. Books. Timeless. Important. No batteries required. (laughs) (laughs) oh that had so much style okay nancy it is now your turn to make a final case for team movies in six words it goes back to my original point want to see a movie friday very strong stuff guys okay we have reached the third act and it's time to make some big decisions Devin, go ahead and mark your final point have you marked it finished All right, it is the last page, the final scene. Time to close this cliffhanger. Devin, who won? So it was um, really hard. I'm just going to point out a couple points. Yes, please. So the first round, the point went to movies because the main part was the one about the history, and then two, you said the power goes out, but if the power goes out, you can't see the book. And her rebuttal and words were strong. The next point went to books because the Japan and like the Tommy wrote a book in, with crayons and the books knew everything first. Third point went to movies because I thought the words were a little more fun and also it was a little harder. And then the last point went to books. <gasps> Is this a tie? We have a tie. Yeah. Oh, this was a close oh, this debate. This is shocking. This was close. Okay, well, we do have a tiebreaker. No. So it all comes down to this last tie-breaking round. Sudden death. It's sudden death. Here is your challenge, team movie and team book. If your thing was an animal, real or fictional, what would it be and why? Ugh, I already know. Okay. <laughs> Katie, we'll start with you. Okay. If a book were to be made into an animal, it would be a griffin because it is majestic. It is fantastic. It is bigger than you can contemplate. It is a combination of so many tough, cool, uh, nice things. Uh, It would be a griffin. 
Can you describe what a griffin oh, is? Explain a griffin. Oh, okay. Wait, let me. I have to. I'm gonna have to Google it. I, have to <laughs> it. I, I uh, well, like I've seen it. Is it a lion? A lion with like yeah, it's a lion. Gryffindor. Yes. I think yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's a lion it's, with an eagle head and wings or something. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is a lion with the head of an eagle, which like, think about that. That's cool. You can fly on the wings of the written word into history. <laughs> Excellent. Nan- I stand by it, even though I had to Google mid. Uh, Excellent. I like it. I see it. Nancy? What happens if we end up having like a same or similar animal? Because okay. I said a lion because mm. movies are fierce and that they're the king. So everything bows down to them. If anything, this round has proven that this is a hard debate. I know. I'm it like, is. Because uh, we both came up with lion-ish okay. animal. <laughs> Devin, Devin, you heard both their arguments. We've got so, a, um, who would you write this final point to? Who won this debate? <laughs> I think because of... Just the all around and the ending, the sudden death, it seemed a little bit more together and supported by their past arguments. Movies. Oh, yes. movies. Uh, movies. It's contrary movies. to my prior belief coming in. <gasps> you, oh, you, yes. you kind of favorite movies. Movies. <laughs> movies. Bow down to I'm, the movie. Oh, man. Devin, I'm so sorry to take you off the path of the book. <laughs> I've I've done a disservice to books today, it seems like. Well, whether you're a book nerd or a cinephile, I think we can all agree that both teams brought it today. Oh, Nancy, you did an amazing job. You've really made me think more about the movie. Uh, you deserve the win. You're a great debater and a, and a great person. <laughs> Katie, uh, you also are amazing. I would not want to face you again in any other round. Great job. Um <laughs> Books are great, but I think, yeah, we, we discovered in the end that, that book movies are just a little bit better. Not not a lot better. A little bit better. Just better. Squeaker. It was a squeaker. <laughs> it's, here's what I think is the most compelling part of your argument, if I'm going to be honest with you, is the fact that putting a book club together is a true nightmare <laughs> that no person should ever have to go I through. speak from experience because, yeah, I was in a book club and we just never managed to make it work. So... I've tried. I've tried so many times. I can't get a book club together to save my life. Someone needs to figure that out for team books. How to make the book club a better thing. All right, listeners, Devin may have chosen movies as the winner today, but this debate is far from over, and we want to hear from you. Tally up your points and head to smashboom.org to tell us who you crowned the Smash Boom Best. We'll see who wins with the masses. While you're there, check out the rest of our Smash Boom Besties, and that's it for this knockdown drag-out opinion-off. Smash Boom Best is brought to you by Brains On and American Public Media. It's produced by Mark Sanchez, Sandin Totten, Molly Bloom, and Alyssa Dudley. And we had engineering help from Cameron Wiley and Sean Campbell. Production help comes courtesy of Lauren D. and John Lambert. I want to thank Jamie and Selman today. And Nancy and Katie, is there anyone you want to especially thank? I would like to thank Devin for being such a great judge today and also to Sarah Porter and Cody Nelson for their Oscar-worthy performances in my main argument today. Katie, anybody you want to give a special thanks to? I just want to give thanks to everyone who is here today and Devin and Johannes Gutenberg. Thank you so much for the printing press. We also want to give a special thanks to our announcer, Marley Foyerworker Otto, and to the voice of our hold music, Brenna Everson. And before we go, let's give Jason a call. He's the one who suggested a man-made versus nature debate. Here's what he had to say. 
I think nature should win because way before people were making structures, nature had created amazing things like the Great Barrier Reef in Australia and the Grand Canyon in America. The Grand Canyon is pretty impressive. There is no arguing with that. Listeners, do you have a debate you want to hear on the show? Tell us about it at smashboom.org. And that's it for this episode of Smash Boom Best. We'll be back soon with another debate battle. See you next time. person bringing roast turkey into the movie theater. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> Get out it's of my theater. We don't want a large you sweatshirt oh. and try to smuggle half a turkey in. <laughs>